Thanks again for singing with me and with each other as we sing praise to our Lord. Amen. Well, happy Mother's Day. Yeah, I heard a few of you say yeah, so it's, it's great. So happy Mother's Day. I love this day. You know, in fact, um, in, in May, did you know that there are actually 99 official holidays in the month of May? Isn't that pretty awesome? How many of you knew that? Okay, you didn't know that. I didn't see a lot of hands. Right. It's interesting to me that in, in, uh, in the United States, we celebrate some of the most interesting and odd things. Isn't that, isn't that the case? But when you think about uh, just the month of May here, I just uh, grabbed a couple that I thought were interesting. Uh, did you know that on May 3rd was National Paranormal Day? I mean, that's, I mean, how many of you celebrated that? You know, that was exciting, right? Now here's one I actually do kind of like. Um, I just missed it. It was yesterday, and I, it's not, I didn't realize that at uh, the time. But May 11th was National Eat What You Want Day. Anyone in, in for celebrating that uh, for the rest of the month with me? Right. All right. So it sounds sounds good, right? About May 20th is National Millionaires Day. National Millionaires Day. As if millionaires need an extra day, something to celebrate besides the fact that they're millionaires, right? So uh, that's okay. So we have that as a day to celebrate. How about May 24th is National Scavenger Hunt Day. I'm sure that all of us will be out that day scavenging for whatever we can, right? Or May 26th, we have National Paper Airplane Day. Yeah, we're gearing up for that, right? You're enough for that. And, and so, yeah, you know, and, and it's funny. In, in, in reality, how many of you celebrated even one of those days? There's not a hand up in the auditorium. We don't celebrate these days. Why? Because they're frivolous. And, and they're, they're frivolous things. And we celebrate all these, these things that, that don't. But you know what? There is one day that, uh, that we should be celebrating in May. And, uh, and that is Mother's Day. Right? That's a day that we actually should be celebrating. In fact, I will take it a step further and say it is biblical to honor your moms. Now, the Bible doesn't say that you have to do it on a certain day. It doesn't say that it has to be in May. But the Bible does say that we should celebrate and, and honor our moms. So I want to say Happy Mother's Day first to all of our, our moms here today. And today, I'd like to begin with the premise and end with the promise, if that's all right, as we talk about, talk about our moms today. But here's the premise. The premise is that the Bible commands us to honor our mothers. The Bible commands us. Think about that. That's a strong statement, right? And when you think of all the commands in Scripture, most of them flow out of ten basic commandments, right? So you have the, the, ba the basic ten commandments, which we refer to them with this very creative name. We call them the ten commandments. <laughs> and from those flow everything else and how we're supposed to treat uh, our neighbors, how we're supposed to treat God, how we treat each other, how we treat our Father, our Heavenly Father. And and so when we read those in, in, in Exodus chapter 20, uh, we find that the fifth commandment is this. It's honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. I think a couple of things as we look at this, it's important to note a couple of things. Number one, you'll notice that it does not say honor your parents. Did you notice that? It could just say, honor your parents. And grammatically, that would be correct. Grammatically, it would kind of mean the same thing. But, that, but in reality, it's not what it says. It says, honor your father and your mother. Uh, so both the fathers and mothers are listed separately 
so as, in, in Hebrew, it's to give them individual attention. And the idea behind this is that we're to, we're to honor our fathers apart from our mothers and honor our mothers apart from our, our fathers. Why? Because there are some things that are, that are distinct between them that we need to recognize and we need to give honor to those things. Yes, we should honor our parents, but it's another thing to honor our fathers for being fathers and our mothers for being mothers. And so we intend to do that at, at, at HBC this, this summer. It's, we want to make sure that we're doing it today. We want to give honor to our mothers for the things that set them apart, for the things that set them apart. Our roles are distinct. They're different, and they're important enough to recognize individually. So today I'd like to recognize moms for some of their honorable traits um, as, as we uh, look at what's distinct about them. But I think it's important to understand what we, what we, what we uh, know the word honor means biblically. The word honor, both actually in both in Hebrew and in Greek, so Old Testament and New Testament, the words that are translated for us as honor, come from the root word that means heavy. And the idea behind this is that, that we give weight to something, that we consider something important, uh, uh, that, that it's something that is, is, uh, uh, that is weight, it's a weighty matter for us. And we consider it so important that, that we, are, we, we would honor those things. And so really, as we honor our moms today, we want to make sure that we're, we're giving credit to them, giving them the, the, what's, what is due to them. So let's talk about some of these traits that are honorable for moms. And I could be here all day. I expect that you, just the fact that me saying that makes you think, oh man, are we even going to make it to, to our, for our lunch reservations? Because the list of things that are honorable of our moms is so long, right? So I'm just going to take four things today and talk about these four different things and, uh, and start a little bit lighthearted and work our way into some, some of the, the, the more meaningful ones. But I'll tell you what, number one, moms have their patience tested way beyond dads. Isn't that true? Now, even as I say that, I guarantee you, there are some moms in here that are, that are saying, I don't know about that, Pastor Dave, because my husband keeps his cool, and, and he just seems to, doesn't lose his cool as often as I do. But here's the facts, right? Here's the facts is that moms spend way more time with our kids, on average, than dads do. Right now, I'm not getting into whether that's right or wrong. I'm not getting into, you know, who spends more time in the workplace or not. I'm not, I'm not getting into all that cultural stuff. I'm saying the facts are moms, by nature, that tend to spend more time with the kids than we dads do. And I don't see a lot of heads going like, I disagree with you, Pastor Dave. I think it's one of those things we just know, right? Moms spend a lot more time uh, with, our, with our kids. And so... It, by nature, by the, by the time we, we have some of our first interactions with our kids as dads, mom's already spent a lot of time with them, and she might be ready to pull her hair out, right? I can't do that. I just don't, don't keep enough hair to, to grasp any, but I can do that too sometimes. And, and we love our kids, and we have great kids, and, and we love them, and, and, uh, uh, but we get to celebrate them all the time. In fact, I remember telling my parents, Said, I will, Dad, I will give you $1,000 every Father's Day. Mom, I'll give you $1,000 every Sunday. If you guys will just, or every, every uh, Mother's Day, if you'll just give me $100 every Sunday. They didn't go for it. Too smart. Too smart. And so, uh, but moms have their, their, their patience tested way beyond dads. There's a story of a, of a mom who was pushing a shopping cart through Walmart with her daughter as who was riding in the cart, and the daughter was 
was consistently screaming, just constantly screaming and always wanting something. And the mom knew what she should or shouldn't have, and so the seed didn't concede, and so the child screamed even louder. And, and, uh, and the entire time, uh, you could hear the, the, the mom saying, Calm down, Ellen. It'll be all right, Ellen. It's almost time to go home, Ellen. And uh, finally, she gets to the checkout, and the clerk uh, mentions, he says, Ma'am, you are to be commended at your patience here with little Ellen. To which she replied, Ma'am, I am Ellen. <laughs> right? This is honorable. Patience is an honorable thing. And, and I would even go to, to say this. This is an honorable trait because this is reflective of God himself. This is reflective of God himself. I want to take you to another verse. In Romans 15, Paul wrote this. He said, Now, may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another, according to Christ Jesus. It's interesting here when you look at this verse that you almost get the image of what's going on behind the scenes. You don't even have to read the whole context. And we've studied the book of Romans, so we know a little bit of the context. And, and the Christians were not like-minded. And they're fighting with each other. And, and they're, they're arguing with each other and, and over some of the things that just aren't big deals. You know, over which, which holidays you celebrate. If you were, if you were a Jewish uh, person who became a believer or a Gentile who became a believer. And even the restaurants that they would eat at became a big deal. And, and, uh, and so there was, a lot, there was a lot of infighting going on. And so Paul says, may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded. Have you ever heard kids arguing over something trivial? Never, right? Everyone who stood up a few moments ago and said that they were a mom knows exactly what I'm talking about, right? And, mom, she stole this. I didn't steal it. I just borrowed it without asking. And yeah, well, but you didn't get it back. Well, that's good. You broke it. They start fighting over these little things. And, and yet the mom has to come in with patience. All right, let's work through this. Let's find out who had it first and who. And they patiently work through all of these things. That's the image that we see of God. Saying, all right, my children are fighting over these silly things. And it's the God of patience, the God of comfort, who comes to the scene and grants them and teaches them and shows them how to get back on the same page and how to be like-minded once again. How many of you are appreciative of your moms because you get along with your siblings now? It's really because of your moms who taught you that all through those, those years. Moms are, are something. I'll tell you what. Moms, thank you for being so patient with us. We appreciate that. Number two, moms have a supernatural intuition. Isn't that true? Moms have this supernatural intuition. Uh, uh, have you ever heard the expression, you can fool some of the people all of the time? And you can fool all of the people some of the time, but you can't fool mom ever. It's true, right? A mom just knows. A mom has this idea. She just has this ability to know everything that's, uh, that's going on. In fact, I'll give a, a true story. My mom, my mom hated motorcycles. Uh, growing up, she hated the fact that we would ride motorcycles. In fact, she would call them murder cycles, right? And, and, uh, and so she hated them. And then I went off to college, and I remember one lazy weekend, and I was done with all my homework, and I'm just sitting around in the, in the dorm, and someone, uh, one of the dorm mates says, hey, does anyone want to go for, uh, for a ride on my bike? 
And uh, I said, sure, I'll go with you. So we're just going through the hills of, of Pennsylvania, just enjoying the beauty, and I'm riding on the back of his, his, his motorcycle. And I don't know what happened. It, there, was, there wasn't even traffic or anything. We were just going around this curve, and his front brakes locked up, and we went, oh, we went head over heels. And when we landed on the pavement, the bike was still between my legs, and I, so I had one leg on the ground, and we slid across the pavement. And so it didn't take long for the, the pavement to work its way through my jeans. And, and so I had a rash right here, I had a rash right here, and then I had also had a road rash from, from here to here. And, uh, and a chunk out of my helmet, so I just a little commercial there. I was, ended up being fine because I was wearing a helmet. So if you ride a bike, wear your helmets, right? Um, and so, you know, I thought, you know, it was pretty bad. I mean, but, but you're, you're a college age and you can handle this stuff, right? And, and, uh, but then it hit me, because this was a Saturday, and it hit me that the guest speaker for the chapel at, at the Bible college where I attended on Tuesday was my dad. <laughs> and that meant mom was coming, which was great. I was looking forward to seeing them. But I was bound and determined that she was not going to hear about what happened. And I thought, there is no way I'm limping. There's no way. I'm not going to limp. I'm not, because I didn't want mom to know. And so they came, and I remember when they came to the, to the, to the dorm, I'm wearing long sleeves, right? Just to be safe. And uh, so she couldn't see, and I'm like, Mom! And she goes, what happened? <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? She goes, was it a motorcycle? <laughs> now, I am not lying. In fact, my mom watches these videos on Sunday night, so I wouldn't say this because she would call me out on it. If I was lying, she would definitely call me out on it. This is, the, this is the, the true story. How does she know that? I have no idea. It's that supernatural intuition. That they, just, they just know. And, uh, and somehow, and I, I see it, I see it with my own wife and our kids, and they just know when something's wrong. They know when something needs to be addressed. And I'm thinking, wait, what's going on? I feel like I have to play catch up all the time. And, uh, uh, but I'm so thankful for my wife, and I'm so thankful for my mom, who could just sense when something's wrong and know how to address it. The third thing is this, that moms leave a spiritual imprint on the lives of their children. Moms leave a spiritual imprint on the lives of their children. But this is true, I think, even if, if children go through some stages of, of rebellion and, and even if they reject some of the things that maybe they've been, been taught that are positive, you know, there's still that imprint that, that is left there from a mom who leaves a spiritual imprint on the lives of her children. Let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 1. Paul was writing to, uh, to Timothy, and he wrote this. He said, I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did, as without ceasing, I remember you in my prayers, night and day, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy. Now just as we look at that, especially verse 4, you see the relationship between Paul, the apostle, and Timothy. I mean, he loved Timothy. And Timothy was a, a young pastor, and, and he had been trained by Paul. Paul loved Timothy. And then look what he says in the second half of that sentence. He says, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois, and then in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. You see that the genuine faith 
that led Paul to love Timothy so much, Paul recognized where did it come from? First, first generation of this came from, from Lois, his grandmother. And then from there it was passed on to whom? To Eunice, his mother. And from there it was passed on to Timothy. And you see this, this genuine faith being passed down. Why? Because you had a mom who left an imprint in the life of her daughter. And then you have a daughter who left a spiritual imprint into the life of her son, Timothy. And then Timothy became this pastor who was leaving an imprint in the lives of many people. He was a, a, a pastor um, who was doing the, doing the work of the Lord all because of a genuine faith that started with his grandmother and passed on to his mother. You'll notice in this, in this chain, there's no mention of it being, of, of being passed down through his father. So you don't, you don't see that. And I don't know the story. I don't know where uh, or what, what type of, of, of uh, parents he had or grandparents in the sense of his, his grandfathers and his father. But I do know that that faith was genuine and obvious in the life of Lois. And then it was obvious in the life of, of Eunice. And then that left an imprint in his life as well. It reminds me of the story of four pastors who were sitting together and they were discussing the various translations and what they liked about the, di the different translations of the scriptures. And, and one said, I love the King James the best because of its, of its beautiful English, old English prose. And, and uh, another one said, well, I really like the, the NIV because of its modern language, she said. And the, the third one said, oh, I just love the, the English standard version of the Bible because of how accurately... It, uh, it, it translates straight from the Greek. And, and the fourth pastor was silent for a moment. And then he, when they asked him to express his opinion, he said, I like my mother's translation the best. Well, your mother translated the Bible? So, oh, yes, she, she certainly did. My mother translated the Bible into her everyday life. And it was the most convincing translation I ever read. Isn't that true? When we see, we see the scriptures living out through a person, through a mom, where that leaves an impact in the lives of her kids. And I want to say thank you to the moms who are imparting their genuine faith into the lives of their children. There's one more thing I would like to share here too. Moms impart not only their faith, but their lives to their children. They impart their lives to their children. Let me take you to, uh, to 1 Thessalonians, just a couple of books earlier than the 1 Timothy passage. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 7 and 8. And Paul again wrote this. He says, he's explaining, just to give a little background, Paul was reminding the, the Christians in Thessalonica how they had been treated in the early stages of their faith by the apostles and, and by Paul and by his, his ministry team that went there. And he uses the illustration here of motherhood. But we, talking about the apostles, we were gentle among you, just as a nursing mother cherishes her own children. So, affectionately longing for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives, because you had become dear to us. I love, I love this passage, don't you? I, mean, I love this passage because here we see all of the traits that, that are mentioned and more about motherhood. We, we recognize multiple things. We see the compassion. We see the patience. We see that just genuine love. We see the transference of faith going down from one 
generation to the next. We, we see all of that, but we also see how, how a mom can, can transfer her entire life to the, the next generation as she passes as she passes it down. We look through this. We were gentle among you. And the analogy is that of a mother. How moms are gentle with us. You know, even with, with as little kids, when you fall and scrape your knee, you don't usually run to dad, do you? Where do you run? To mom. Why? Because dads will say, all right, rub dirt in it. It'll be all right, right? <laughs> what does mom say? Oh, I'm so sorry that that happened. And as we get older, our, our hurts change. It's usually not scraped knees, but we have more hurts right in here. And where do you go? We go to moms. I can still go to my mom and share with her if I'm struggling with something. I love that about her. Gentle. Just as a nursing mother cherishes her own children. You know, that, that love. In fact, I, I was telling the story of... To, uh, to Abby, this, uh, this, was it this week? Where, about her own birth, and, uh, or, and, and about the birth of our children, and, I, and how it's, you know, it's, it is, it's painful. I mean, there's a lot of screaming and yelling, and again, that's just me, and um, <laughs> it was probably worse for her. But yet, the moment that she saw Aiden, or Abby, or Olivia, the moment that she saw everything changes. It's like, forget all of that. And she cherishes her own child. Now, it's, it's hers, and she cherishes that, and, and, and that child. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. In fact, I remember moments after all of this screaming, that after when, 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 when Monica had Aiden, she said, I can do that again. Isn't that true? I know, that, you might say, that's epidural talking, right? But it wasn't the case, because it didn't take, right? <laughs> so, um, so... You see it. Also, verse 8, so affectionately longing for you. That's, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives. Moms just impart their own lives. You know, when their children hurt, they hurt. There's just that strong connection, and they impart their lives into their children. I shared this about three, I think it was three years, I may have been four years ago, but there was this, called the, it's called the cycle of sentiments towards our, our moms. It kind of takes us through the life cycle, and it's, I, think, I find it very interesting but true and worth sharing again. At age four, we believe that mom knows everything. Isn't that true? At age four, mom knows everything. Then we come to age 12, right? And we come to the conclusion that mom doesn't know everything. Then we come to age 17. Or, I'm sorry, 14. Yeah, 14 does come before 17. Mom doesn't know anything, right? Then we come to age 17, and we think, well, mom is out of step with the times right? at age 17. Age 25, we come to this conclusion. Well, I guess mom did know some things. Right? Then 35, we come to the conclusion, well, before I decide, I better get mom's opinion. And then 45, we come back to mom knows everything. Isn't that true? And we go through this cycle from where mom knows everything to mom doesn't know anything and then back to mom knows everything. And then sometime maybe around, the, around 55, we come to the, the idea, I wish I could talk with my mother. And we forget all that wisdom. Wow, we have it. 
and then we forget until all of a sudden it's too late. Many of you have been there. I am fortunate enough that my mom is still with us on this earth, and I love her. But I want to make sure I remember this now and get the, the, the wisdom that I can from her now. You know, for, for those of us who are blessed to still have our mothers around, I would say, make today special. Let her know that you're honoring her today. Let, 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 let her know. Let the moms in your life, whether it's the, your own mother or the mother of your children, the moms that are around you, honor them for that. And even if they're not around, you can still honor them. You know, just, just this morning, before church, there's a group of men, we, we get together and we pray just down the hall. In fact, I'd like to invite anyone who wants to come a little early, we, about 9.15 or so, and we, we meet down, in the, down the, by the end zone, and we just pray, and we pray for the church, and we pray for you, and we pray for different things. And even in the prayer, one of the men that was praying today gave a great tribute in his prayer to his mom, and thanking God for the mom that he had. What, what a beautiful thing it was for me to hear a person honoring mom, even though she's no longer here. And, and, and he expressed appreciation that he knew where she was, where one day he'd be with her again. See her again. That's beautiful. We can honor our mothers. You know, I did mention at the beginning today um, that, we would, that we started with the premise, this premise that God, that, that, that God commands us to honor our mothers. But I want to finish with the promise, and I want to take you back to the same, really the same uh, verse. It's just, uh, I'm going to take us to Ephesians 6, 2, and 3. But this is a quote from Exodus 20 as well. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise. And then he quotes Exodus 20, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. There's a promise in here, and the, the promise is this, that honoring your mother will be beneficial to you while you are on the earth. You know, when, you know, it is good for us to honor our moms. You know, it's good for our moms, too. They need to hear it, because if there's one job that I would consider a thankless job, it's oftentimes being a mom, motherhood, right? Does anyone else feel that way? No one wants to admit it, but yeah, there's a few people. It can be a thankless job. I mean, some of the, work, the hardest parts of motherhood are working with children long before they're even old enough to thank you. And, and, and then many times they're old, when, they're, when they're old enough, they're not appreciative enough. It's a thankless job. It's good for our moms to recognize them and honor them. But you know what? According to this, it's also good for us. When we honor our parents, that's good for us. It will help us. It is beneficial to us while we live here on the earth. You know, when you think about it, it's, it's very good for us as human beings to stop and remember what our moms did for us. Where would we be without our moms? First of all, we wouldn't exist. So there's that. Think about that. I mean, even if you feel like I didn't have the greatest mom in the world, guess what? You wouldn't be here without her. So your existence is, is a result of your moms. Where would we be without our moms? When, when we're babies, we can't even eat. We can't even feed ourselves. We can't take, they nurtured us, right? They nurtured us. Made sure we had food, a little bit, a little bit older, made sure we had clothes, made sure when we got a little older that our clothes matched. 
And they took care of us and they taught us and they, and they do all of these things. It's good for us to remember that and to be thankful for that. Because as human beings, we become very self-centered, we become very selfish. And part of learning to overcome that selfishness, if you're a believer, part of that is to learn how to honor people for things that they've done in your life. And so today, moms, I want to honor you. I want to honor you. And I want us as a church to honor you. And I would encourage everyone here to do it. It is good for you. And it teaches us how to get outside of that selfish bubble and appreciate our moms for what they've done. I'd like to close by honoring two moms in my life. My mom and, and the mother of my children. My mom, Irene Grafe is her name. And, and she always loved me even when I tested her patience. And believe it or not, I did test her patience many times. And she always had that supernatural intuition. She knew when, when something was, was going on in my life and she would gently and compassionately love on me. She, she knows me and she loves me anyway. Even as an adult, she, she knows me and she loves me and she has imparted her faith and she has imparted her life into, into mine. I'd also say to my, to my wife, Monica, you know, I probably test her patience too. <laughs> I test her patience probably as much as any of our kids and, and, and she knows me better than anyone and she still loves me. She can see things in our kids and that I would be oblivious to. And she knows when something's not right and when something needs to be addressed. And she imparts her faith into our children. In fact, I think this is interesting. Our children have grown up with a pastor in their home. But all three of them have accepted Jesus Christ. And I'm thankful for that. All three of them have accepted Jesus Christ out of conversations that they had with Monica. Isn't that awesome? And, and all, all three of them. Yeah, you can clap for it. Thank you. I know where they're going to be in eternity. And it's boil, it boils down to this. Monica loved them. She, she took care of them. She nurtured them. And she shared Jesus Christ with them. What a beautiful thing. And I want to honor my wife as well as my mom and every mom in here today. For, for passing on your faith, passing on your lives to us. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for our moms. Lord, I thank you for creating motherhood. Lord, that was a part of your design from the beginning. Even from Eve to this day. Eve, whose name means the mother of all living. Lord, we thank you so much for our moms. We know how much that it means to you. I mean, think of when your son was on the cross. He was going through all the pain of crucifixion. And what was his concern? That his mom would be well taken care of. Lord, that's a gift from you. Lord, I pray that as we honor our moms today, we would be honoring you in obedience. And I pray this in Christ's name. Amen.